Man, there is so much. I, I, I kind of just want to talk about, you know, like we like we did with Hamlet, like we did with the Shakespeare, you know, line by line, scene by scene. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of wasted, <laughs> there's not a lot of extra slab on here. Right. Um, this, this book obviously gets comparisons to, I'm sure you saw or thought of, comparisons to Ulysses. Uh, because it's, you know, set during one day, and it was, in, it was published in the 1920s. Now, we're talking uh, about think, we're talking about Miss Dalloway. <laughs> so let's say that. Yeah. Oh, is that not, is that not clear? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this, as opposed to Ulysses, is, 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 is super compact. Um, and... Uh, yeah, you, you, I mean, I'm sure we'll draw out more comparisons because I think they're interesting. Um, but yeah, this is in my copy. I don't know if we have the same copy, but I think my copy is like 185 pages. Or this is not something that's hard to check. 194 pages. Oh, okay. Mine's 219. Ah, okay. Um, and yeah, I want to talk about all of them. <laughs> So, uh, let's, let's start by doing the old, uh, the old David Baker thing of, it's hard for me to talk about, like, my preconceptions of Virginia Woolf before we read this, because for one thing, I've read this book, right. I don't know, probably six times, I'm, I'm, I, would, I would put the over-under at 5.5 times, uh, the kind of book that, like, the, of an afternoon, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I mean, you can read it in the afternoon, um, so... Yeah, sometimes I'll just read it. It was very engrossing. I was like 15, so I had more than half of my life. Um, so yeah, uh, tell me before, I, I guess also excluding me talking about Virginia Woolf, because I was thinking about how frequently she comes up, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Not many episodes, not many you know uh, podcasts go by where I don't talk about her a little bit. Um, but yeah, trying to subtract me and reading the book out of the equation, what would your kind of, uh, what's your sense of like a, a kind of cultural condensation around Virginia Woolf before you read the book? Yeah, so I guess I feel like I knew that she had her own printing press and that she was uh, mentally oh, dis- mentally disturbed at least somewhat of the time. Um, well, she did commit suicide, so. I knew the connection. I knew the connection to Joyce, and sort of, she was sort of a literary figure. Like I guess I feel like people gathered around her as sort of a set of people. Um, uh, Bloomsbury, but that Bloomsbury in the early nineteen hundreds, okay. nineteen ten, CM Forster, all those uh, Lighten, uh, um, all those guys. But that also kind of um, even after like World War One and the death of her brother, Toby. <clears throat> whose name I have no idea how to pronounce, T-H-O-B-Y, Toby, uh, I guess, probably Toby. Probably, yeah. Um, uh, fucking British people don't know English. Um, and but, so she she would remain kind of like, I, I don't know if like a set, because I don't know that she was ever a center of the, the Bloomsbury group. I don't know if there was like a, a, okay. a, a center, except maybe Toby. Um but yeah, she would stay in like kind of literary circles, talk about uh, you know Tom Elliot. She has Elliot does Tom in her diaries a lot. Um, she groups Tom semi-sarcastically. Um, I was actually yeah, I was, I was you 
the the MC was Tom, Tom Elliott. Yes, Tom. Like uh, Ulysses and Damon, like war and peace, and she's like, well, that's because Tom is a little anemic ghost. <laughs> um, and so yeah, yeah. Anyway, she 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 wasn't like some kind of recluse out in the province provinces. Um, even like late in life, they did a thing like a I think it's called the Autobiography Club, um, where some of her uh, interesting non-fiction pieces come out. Um, just like write for each other, write for the sake of like a third in her and read afterwards. Um, hey, try to talk. Try to talk more directly into the phone. I think. Oh, uh, sorry. There you go. Um, yeah, after even after Bloomsbury, she was kind of. I don't know how much of that got out, but yeah, she was uh, amongst the London literary scene. Um. Another thing I would have presumed before reading her was that her uh, books would be kind of disjointed, stream of consciousness, hard to read. Um, mm. That was I'm talking I about mean, not my all perception. Those words are necessarily, uh, in my opinion, not all of those words are necessarily connected because I, I think stream of consciousness writing can be difficult, but I think in the case of here, it's kind of not, and it's, it's not really stream of exactly no i i I, i'm talking about my perception for sure i i really the clarity of this book the clarity of the writing was remarkable yeah um do you have a sense coming in that uh it'd be like more political more like overtly political no, I, I don't think I did. As like an overtly feminist writer or because of mm-hmm. True. A league of one's own. I think it's a room of their own. I, I know. That's it's confusing. That's I mean, true. That's a lot of women... I, I wouldn't want... I, I feel bad about that if women writers have this, you know, sort of a presumption about their writings before you read them. I didn't think about that, no. Well, but, I mean, Jordan, she, she, she did, to be fair, she did write... Um, early feminist tracks, but I, to have that, like, I mean, like, John Milton isn't only read as a, you know, Puritan radical. Right. Um, I think, I think for, for women who write things that are feminist, feminist essays, and also write, you know, literature, um, fiction, that I think, in, in, in Virginia Woolf's case, I think, uh, James Wood said something about, like, the rest of her, her oeuvre, her fiction, is kind of just like in a warm bath of appropriateness, of, of like acceptance. Um, it's kind of like undifferentiated. Hey, that's great. Virginia Woolf is great because <laughs> of the political uh, valiance around her, um, which doesn't do her a service or her work. Um, and it also just kind of like flattens her experience. Probably people don't read Virginia Woolf's fiction if they... If they have that kind of uh, general, generalized liking of her as a person because of her politics. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, 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 if, if, if we only limit ourselves to her feminism, that's, you're missing a lot. Um, you're missing a lot of interesting uh, literature. And I mean, her, her, her feminism, uh, her, like uh, her essays in, in that mode, are, I mean, they're 80 years old at this point. They're yeah. 90, 100 years old. Um, uh, I don't know if they're as on the forefront of feminism as her literature would kind of like remain on the forefront of literature. Mm-hmm. as its own thing. 
Um, yeah. So that's interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, I, 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 I say that because I assume, I, I know that for some people coming in to uh, reading Virginia Woolf, it's kind of like clouded or um, not necessarily in a bad way clouded, but it's, yeah, come at Virginia Woolf, comma, capital F, feminist. Um, she's not writing always as a capital F feminist. Yeah, I certainly, I certainly didn't get that from this book at all. <clears throat> not, oh, no. yeah, um, no point of view. The fiction is just like kind of stands on its own. There's, um, yeah, there's, there's uh, little like direct politics. You can pull things out. I guess right. like, could be like a comment on how the war stayed with people. Right. There was definitely commentary. World War One. From the other characters. <laughs> Maybe the war. Right. But, yeah, nothing over the head. Um, yeah, but, yeah, that, that's just kind of like the commentary on politics. That's not, you know, overtly... The Turkens with everyday inevitably going to have, you know, oh, there's some there's classes and, and, you know, are worst and... Uh, some people got sent to die or sent to ruin their lives in war um, for yeah, in, 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 in Russia to have their empires. Um, cool. Okay. Uh, anything else that you had kind of, or you, did, you kind of thought about, you know, before you read the book? No. Um, I did read the introduction, but yeah, that doesn't count. About my impression. Uh, who was your introduction? You know, it's funny how new it was. It was uh, from 2020. Oh. So, I don't know if you're going to know who this is, but... <clears throat> Michael Cunningham. Oh, yeah. He wrote a book called The Hours, which is made into a movie called The Hours. Okay. Yeah. I... I mean, that's, that's directly inspired by this book, if he didn't talk about it. No, I don't think he did, yeah, but, he you know, I feel like he he gave me kind of an impression, and we can talk about this going forward, that uh, Clarissa would be super ordinary, which I didn't come away with that impression, necessarily. So I feel like he set me up to feel... Is anybody ordinary? I mean, anybody who was <laughs> ordinary would just be, like, the weirdest thing. <clears throat> well, he kind of made it sound like it was sort of a... The it was famous for being boring or something like it. It was just a day, you know, in the life of this boring woman. That's how I came away from the introduction. But uh, but yeah, she certainly is. You know, no one's boring when you write about them like this or when they're this intelligent and this insightful. <clears throat> That's yeah. for sure. I mean, it is it is true that she chooses, you know, the sure and not Peter. She chooses kind of. Right. Yeah, the diverse staircase, that that whole thing. Um, it, it, she does, yeah, make some choices with uh, yeah, the boring her choice. <laughs> but even that is uh, interesting as a character. Yeah, and she's insightful about the choices too. Right. Um. Yeah. What else did your 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 Cunningham intro do? Um, it, 
it talked about Virginia's personal life a little bit, um, mm. but he hesitated to make the direct correlation between the personal life and the, the you know, the kind of the, the okay. what's the word? Um, like a historicization or well, graphical reading? Uh, Septimus's kind of... Oh, her suicide and no suicide? Well... Everything about, yeah, everything about kind of the, the wacky visions and stuff. I guess he was bringing it up about how... Um, well, she did. I think Virginia Woolf did have visions of yeah. birds talking to her in Greek. Yeah, she suffered that's, that's, a similar thing. Yeah, I, I agree it's fair. I just, uh, I do, it it was interesting how he, he phrased it where it's like, you know, hesitating to go in to someone's private life to uh, pull out, you know, a direct correlation to the book but um well, yeah I, I i wouldn't i don't care to talk about like small like one-to-one things like even that birds talking in greek thing that's kind of fun it's not really something that i think um it isn't really, yeah it was just like it doesn't really dramatic um but i think that like virginia, i think that virginia was ever present you know, uh, mental illness is kind of the, the structure by which she sees the world and the structure by which she writes. Um, it was never like something that went away and she, oh, she was writing, so she wasn't mentally right. ill. Um, or, yeah, even calling it mental illness, I mean, yeah, she did commit suicide, but yeah, she did, I, I, I would not recommend anyone to have exactly her, you know, uh, set of conditions. Um, but yeah, just her mental illness in other contexts um, is like her, how she writes the book. Um, and not just like, oh, she could like settle down to write a book like this because she was, you know, uh, bummed out. So she didn't want to go to parties. I mean, like, uh, she, she specifically was like, uh, I mean, you don't want to psychoanalyze the dead too much, but it's pretty clear that she had something like... Uh, bipolar disorder right um, manic depression yeah that's what he said um yeah it's, it's pretty clear um and so yeah the, the kind of I, I i just put on, on a note i'm just skipping ahead to the, the last note that i had which is kind of the biggest note that i had um but yeah the the the, the bipolar connection between like that that, that kind of dichotomy that comes up a lot in the book between her like um or not just her but every, like just, just the dichotomy between the excitement of setting out into the world um like you, you noted the the word exquisite comes up a lot oh what a lark to you know Burton, Burton, um this is like horror she talks about like the hazard of everyday life and walking out into, into the street and um yeah there's like that that image early where she like stands she remembers when she was young standing at the window just sure that something bad was gonna happen um yeah that 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 kind of like structural dichotomy we kind of like our the book is like a sine wave between those two kind of absolute um or maybe not even sine wave it just jumps back and forth a lot between those two um and so there's like a, um, the, the, what I put in, in our notes, the social atmospherics 
Um, this isn't just like, you know, one person stuck in his head, uh, just like an existentialist novel. This is, um, yeah, yeah, uh, Dallow, Mrs. Dalloway, given the name of, you know, or the name and conventions of like a Hamlet or a Macbeth, the uh, main character, the, the, the protagonist, <laughs> the, the kind of center of the web, but there's a web around her. Um, everything is kind of, you know, uh, reverberating out and back and um, the, somebody goes on a, or one of the royalty goes on a car ride that the, the, the breakdown or the traffic or whatever. Um, and yeah, the, the, the track kind of ripples out and stops the street and everything. Um, yeah, that kind of like sense of the, the kind of connection, interconnectivity, um, I mean, comes up again and again and again, that kind of, and this is a consistent uh, theme of Virginia Woolf writing, where like uh, the waves will probably be the most extreme and uh, one of the less well-received versions where it's like characters or six characters that kind of like filter into each other, like like quite literally, hmm. um, kind of like waves in a you know, ocean. So yeah, um, that kind of sense of interconnectivity of, 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 of being kind of integrated into the world or implicated into the world kind of being, there's something porous, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. We're not just like uh, separate hardened <clears throat> groups of atoms that, you know, don't ever touch. Um, we're all just kind of like, uh, yeah, in, in, in some kind of always shifting rhizomatic uh, experience of the world, um, just, yeah, always shifting phenomena. Uh, you're sitting waiting for the the car to the royal's car to come up, and then there's an airplane flying in the sky. Mm-hmm. And the you know um, reverberations from one thing will will travel. Uh, like she she is an image. I think it's pretty early where she talks about like an oar going through the the river. And it like hits the side of the, the river and like, or it, yeah, it just goes in the water. And like the plants on the side of the, the river will like shiver. Um, I think when she's talking about not getting invited, or after she doesn't get invited to lunch, she mm-hmm. says like this moment, the, the narrator says the moment shivers, like a plant will shiver when an oar goes. So yeah, it's, it's like the oar is like reverberating out to the coastline and making a plant shiver from the ground. Um, that's kind of a lot of the things that happen in this book. They hear news of, you know, a, a, a story of, of a suicide that happened that none of them know where this guy's up to this. Um, but yeah, that, that moment shivers out and uh, that, that, you know, obviously a dramatic moment, which would probably make it undone anyway. Um, but yeah, that, that, that moment kind of, they're, they're connected to that too. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, there's, Two two ways of experiencing that of like when when Clarissa is walking down the street and she um, is enjoying the kind of you know fullness all all this all these things happening the the trams and the cars and the people and everything. Um, but then there's also I, I think even in those moments there's also a kind of like separateness to her that she's like as as a, as a subject experiencing those things as a, as a, as a person you know noting. Um, I look at all this stuff that's happening. 
Um, it's mm-hmm. exactly like separating yourself out from that stuff. And then there's, again, like the dichotomy of that, that is like the most extreme part of that, that the, the negative part of that dichotomy is Septimus and his eternal loneliness of the eternal sufferer and his wife's complete loneliness. Um, and I think Clarissa also feels that. Um, I, I think Septimus a lot is like the, uh, Regina Wolf called him her double. Um, a lot of like her, Clarissa's highest highs and lowest lows are kind of like multiplied out by Septimus. Um, he kind of uh, shows us like the like Clarissa's experiences by showing us double what Clarissa's experience is. Hmm. And uh, her, his suicide was actually originally her suicide. She originally, um, her original, original conception of the book, uh, Clarissa commits suicide oh, wow. at the party or after the party or something. Which now is like is really hard to imagine. Hello. Okay. Um, I will uh, try to talk better. <laughs> you do sound better now. Um, I hope it wasn't my fault. Oh, okay. Yeah, I heard most of everything you said, but then every once in a while it would be like a word would drop, and then I. But it's just. Well, assume those were the most important words, and if anything didn't make sense, it was just those words that were you were missing. Um, yeah, that was my 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 big point on um, yeah Virginia Woolf's bipolar disorder and how this was a book written out of bipolar disorder. I would love um, to know what caused what the impetus was for Clarissa's death, if if there was any, besides the. Uh, in the original, the I, overthinking. I, there, yeah. I think there's too much that we're missing. No, I know. Yeah, I just, that would be, yeah. like you said, it's hard to imagine because I really liked how, yeah. this is kind of jumping ahead, I guess, but I liked the impetus for his death. I, I, don't, I don't know why, mm. but I did like that there was a reason for it. Maybe because at least, you know, the insanity That's makes a little bit of reason. sense or something. But uh, I, I thought that was an interesting but choice. I mean, the insanity makes sense. In but, the war, or in the context of war, right? Um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's my point on on the her illness. You are super uh, clear now. I feel horrible. I should have recalled you back, but you you <laughs> sound very clear. Now. Um, okay. Let me pull up that document. Uh, again. Yeah, other things I wanted to say before we get into like past, um, just to give like a quick intro to like where this exists in the Virginia Woolf continuum. This is her first good book, but I think it's her third or fourth okay. book total. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wrote a book called The Voyage Out, which has a set of characters, or a pair of characters called Clarissa Dalloway and Richard Dalloway. Really? Um, who are, Richard Dalloway is like a Tory <laughs> member of Parliament, and Clarissa Dalloway is the socialite uh, wife. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're way more brittle characters. Um, it's kind of like a social satire, that book, The Voyage Out. Um, a much more uh, like typical novel, a, a, a much, I mean, it's a kind of lugubrious long, <laughs> uh, compared to like this and to The Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the difference, I think, between Clarissa and that book, I mean, she, she's kind of a, a, a super minor character. I think she's uh, on the voyage out, she's there, but then she, I forget it, yeah, I forget how much the rest, she, she's not a main character in that book, at least. Um, 
but yeah, the difference between that brittle kind of satirical uh, character and I, I, yeah, this is this kind of like uh, Clarissa that we see here, this kind of like endlessly um, interior character that's this much more, uh, I, I don't want to say, yeah, just, just a better character, I'll say, <laughs> that's fine. Um, <laughs> kind of shows how, how far Regina Wolf had come in her writing. Um, in the voyage out, she was trying to write like a, you know, contemporary, I think it was like 1913, um, but it took a lot of revisions and was like a six or seven year, maybe more writing process. Oh, wow. Um, which she struggled with because, I mean, it's not a great book. Uh, it's like fine. Uh, but there are moments. There are these like vague, there are these moments that like snap in and it's like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a moment, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about, uh, you know, uh, sapphic sexual energy. But yeah, there's a moment of like where one woman like, like, you know, like playing, uh, walking down the, walking by the river and there's like this, this moment of like, sexual it has like this sexual charge to it and it's like um i don't know two-thirds of a page um that are just like written out of nowhere that like have this like dreamy subjectivity to them uh which are two words that i would use for a lot of mrs alway okay. that kind of uh wandering you know sensations mm-hmm. um yeah there are moments in that book a couple, a couple moments in that book that, like, you know, show you where Virginia Woolf was going to go, and it's, it's good that she chose, or it's good that she worked out those and expanded out those moments as opposed to the rest of the book and her kind of yammy, ancestor social satire. She also wrote a book called um, Jacob Doom, which is a super experimentally like disjointed book. There's not really a any kind of narrative. Um, it's just kind of like patches of his character's life, Jacob, um, until his death um, when he's like 22 or 23 or something. Um, and yeah, it, 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 it kind of went too far the other way, uh, where the voyage out was kind of like too, like, uh, she was, like, too hardened to, like, the rules of, you know, and it was already a novel. Um, I think David Room was, like, too much of an experiment, or an, an experiment that failed and showed her, like, how, how, how far she could go, pulling apart the scene of uh, the story, or, yeah, just, just of, of an error. And then here with just like a day it kind of uh condenses like the best of Bertolo's world um well yeah i mean there are kind of gossamer threads connecting you know one one moment to the next um but yeah it's it, just that coherence the, the inherent coherence of she woke up and then she's gonna host a party and this is what happens she's gonna her friend peter is gonna come and blah 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 um that kind of like lends lends enough coherence to to, to the writing that it 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 it, it, it has has more of a it's just more representational than mm-hmm. uh, than Jacob's room. Do you think she resented and that? By the best. Do you think she resented uh, the transitions and making it more uh, coherent? I wonder. Um, I don't think so because I mean, the transitions between way better. It is so good, but I mean the transitions yeah. are also very deliberate. 
not they're not obvious or anything but you know like someone will pass someone else and they'll see the same thing and then you know it'll kind of jump and then it'll follow the the other yeah yeah like i said i think that's that's um i think yeah that's just her coming into her own like that's Mm -hmm. her vision of the world uh that kind of like you know casual interconnectivity um which kind of raises uh, another thing i want to talk about virginia Woolf's famous you know uh uh, her famous affection for that the daily, the, every, the quotidian, her, her interest in just what's happening during a literal day. Um, because, yeah, that kind of like interconnectivity kind of uh, makes everything kind of more significant. Now, was she um, yeah, was she in this world, by by the way? I, I, I Was her husband wealthy or anything? And did she go to these parties or know these types of women or people? She... Wouldn't have. I don't think she would have been that uh, connected to like political life. Mm-hmm. Hugh, Hugh, what's the name? Hugh Walpole or whatever. Yeah, white bread um, of the world. Or, or white bread. <laughs> <laughs> almost Dickinsonian uh, name. <clears throat> yeah, very perfect name. Um. So yeah, I think I think her world uh, skewed a little bit more uh, artistic because even even Leonard was. And with, with with a Bloomsbury friend. Okay. Um, and and her sister was also. Uh, she was a painter, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't know how um, I knew that. Okay, but because it's very it's very descriptive and uh, seemingly authoritative, so I just wondered about that. I don't know enough about London to tell you. You ever you ever think about that? When you're reading, when you're reading a book, and you know they'll describe the paneling or something, and I just always wonder how you know it's interesting the things that that come out as details. Um, and again, I want to make uh, one thing. I guess we'll 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 talk about later or whatever. But um, what really impressed me about it was the distinctions between characters and places, and I felt like I was actually kind of a bird flying over London, following all these people into different places or to different houses. Um, obviously, all books are like that, I guess, you know, but to me, this was exceptionally distinct, the places that I went to and the people that I met. Um, anyway. Cool. Even though I imagine you, like me, don't know that much about 1920s? No, no, no. London, so I, I can't imagine. I, can't, I can kind of imagine now. Uh, yeah. What, you know, Regent's Park or what what Westminster looks like. I mean, I know what Westminster looks like, but Westminster 1923, the someday in June. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't know what, like, the houses would look like. I wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, remember the hutch that walks, as you walk by waiting for the bell to ring or not waiting for the bell to ring, just that hush of living in Westminster. Um, yeah. Uh, it is very uh, inviting. It, it, it feels it feels like a, a yeah, you're just there. Yeah. Um, I mean, as an example, really well done. this may be a bad example, but the park, when she's in the park, and um, or when Peter's in the park, whoever's in the park, you can you can just feel it being a sunny, vibrant day. You know, you can hear the, the, the creek and the children playing and the people arguing. It's just really interesting how that she did that without being super straightforward and explicit. It was more... Um, yeah, so here's, here's, here's one point where I want to draw a comparison to... Uh, 
uh, what's his name, James Joyce, <laughs> <laughs> and Ulysses in the uh, Virginia Woolf's argument against Ulysses, and she, I think she only read it once, was that he's too, like, gimmicky. He's, like, there's, like, a flamboyance of, like, and he, he said something like an undergraduate popping a pimple. I forget exactly what, the, what it was, but there's something about the, a few of the chapters, at least. I would argue the worst of the chapters, but a few of the chapters in Ulysses uh, that are, like, super gimmicky. Um, and it, yeah, it's kind of like, he, he's He's like announcing every card that he's playing and like explaining why he's playing every card. Um, whereas, yeah, Virginia Woolf in, 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 in this is kind of, uh, yeah, um, everything is more, it's, it's definitely not the showy flamboyant uh, work of, of, of Joy. Um, her, her concern was just like, depicting the shape of life as she saw it, I think, or as she experienced it. Uh, the kind of wandering mind of Clarissa, you know, finds out that she wasn't invited to Lady Bruton's lunch party, which is supposed to be very fun, and goes up and feels like the, just like where her mind goes. And, and there's this uh, passage that I will talk about uh, eventually, um, that, 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 that incredible passage where she talks about, like, even, even, even through childbirth, she's preserved some sense of, or some, some kind of virginity. Virginity, and yeah. Goes to her um, relations with women, uh, which, yeah, is a, a wonderful two or three pages. Um, but yeah, just that kind of like wandering mind uh, that she's trying to, to depict. Um, yeah, that, 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 that's her, her uh, topic, her theme. Um, and there, there's, we'll talk about it when we get to, to the lighthouse, but there's, there's a great moment into the lighthouse where a character is like sitting for a painting and she's like just forgetting that. She has like this forgetfulness to her characters. Um, and then she's like, oh, I'm supposed to, I bet like the first 20 pages of this book, I was supposed to be looking a certain way for the painting. Let me get back to it. It's like self forgetfulness and this, um, yeah, this, this absent-mindedness. Uh, yeah, her, 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 at least, at least for her good work, her, her, the high wolf is kind of her, her topic, or yeah, what, what she's, she's, her, her image, her, her, uh, yeah, yeah, what she sees. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the, just like the everyday life has kind of a, um, I don't want to say like sacred because that's not a term that uh, you know Wolf would use, or like yeah, I mean that has you know, religious overtones. Um, that, that, that she, I mean, as, as, a, as a lifelong agnostic, wouldn't wouldn't necessarily adopt. Um, but yeah, that's what, 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 what turns just like sitting in a room into a moment of being, as she, she talked, or a term that she used in uh, a sketch of her life. Um, and so, yeah, you'll, you'll get these occasional, like, religious symbols of that, just like everyday life. Like, Sethness is kind of the, you know, extremist when he's, like, imagining himself as the eternal sufferer, the eternal mm -hmm. But then, like, 20 pages later, you get uh, Clarissa walking in and, like, returning to her house, and it's like, this is my life. And she, she explicitly, she, she felt like a nun, 
returning mm-hmm. to her life. Um, yeah, there are, I guess I, I, guess I can probably, <laughs> maybe I use the word term sacred, but some, some secular term of that, or version of that. Right. Um, because, yeah, there are explicit religious, uh, kind of, you know, sacred connotations uh, with just the everyday life. Uh, which one is her? Yeah. It's, it's like her La Pieta, or, you know, just, just, just the thing that she was, 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 was always, always working on working with with her clay, I guess. Well, one, later in the novel, later in the book, um, one phrase that stuck out to me, which I wrote down, was about love and religion destroying the privacy of the soul. Mm. And I think that and relates to what you're saying. Early too, where she's talking about uh, her daughter and... Uh, Miss Kilman? Kilman? Yeah. Uh, about how like religion can make you religious fanatic. But she has her own, like you said, her own version of what it means to be, I guess, worshipful about living. She talks about giving yeah. back to life, and she does the parties mm-hmm. because she loves she life. Little, yeah, her little party. It's her gift. Exactly. Right. Um, some of that's probably, you know, just self-justification for something that she would probably already <laughs> be doing. Uh, but I think some of that is, yeah, like, like heartfelt. I don't think those two things have to be unrelated. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else before we... Oh, oh. Uh, one last thing before we jump into the... I guess we'll jump into passages. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we could just like... Um, use this, this will be like our... Maybe, what, what if we do like this episode is just like general thought and then next, epi- next week we could do kind of like passage by passage. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I think we okay. have to do a, another yeah. one for sure. <laughs> yeah, because we're about here 45 minutes in or 40 minutes in or something. Um, so one other thing I wanted to, one other pin I want to put in before we talk about this more specifically next week about her you know, sentence by sentence, uh, the mechanics of her writing, is a thing that Virginia Woolf said and returned to, and it, it's not just something she said, it was like a, but an actual manifesto of her work is, or like an actual like rule for what um, the thing about how violence just rhythm um, that like I think she said quite simply style is just like the rhythm of the word fear no more the heat of the sun um, there very specific meter um, yeah I think uh, throughout the book yeah the the important thing is that you know using the perfect, you know, Latinate word to exactly describe this sensation or, or atomizing something to get the exact representation of it. Um, mm-hmm. It's more important to her is, is, is yeah, like I said, style, is, it, 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 it's a rhythm to it. Um, she was a, a, a Wagner fan and, yeah, it was kind of... Uh, yeah, you could you could see if, if, if musicality is is her primary stylistic uh, uh, goal, you can see that yeah, Wagner would be the musicality that she she's like trying mm-hmm. to her Wagnerian uh, baroque. I guess I don't know um, some kind of Wagnerian romanticism. Um, yeah, I it's kind of like the the the, the music of, of, of well, on a sentence by sentence. Uh, 
I hope this isn't out of place, but I feel like uh, in relation to that, the metaphors, which are like a machine gun of metaphors, one after the other, I feel like she focused on making those perfect, you know? And I don't mean that, like you said, by picking the right word, but in how it comes off the tongue, how, how how it comes, how it sounds in your head, Um, especially, you know, thinking about the bells that that ring throughout the book um right. talk about music that yeah. was like it was so interesting how she i mean a lot of it was the same the musical stuff but, and then the irrevocable yeah hours and the, yeah. Hour she parked, yeah and how the leaden sounds would fun. reverberate like you said kind of about the pond into the air and connect everybody um right but another phrase i wanted to I say Another phrase I wanted to say in relation to the perfect and uh, redoubtable metaphors that she that she gives, she's very good at describing the indescribable. What do you think about that? It's very I mean, hard. I wouldn't say it's indescribable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think there are some I, I, passages. I would, I would just give up if I was if I was gonna say anything that's Stop indescribable. It. Okay. I know what you're saying. Yeah, because some, I mean, honestly, I will say this, um, you are at an, at an advantage having read it before, but some things I still don't, I don't necessarily get. Uh, and it, it was more towards the end of the book, and I don't know if that was deliberate or not, but, um, you know, some of the, some of the metaphors, some of the, some of the experiences, some of the moments that she talks about uh, feel very private to the character, and I don't even know if... I've ex, you know have accessibility to understand exactly what they mean yet but um perhaps upon a rereading but um anyway that's that's something that came to my mind she's very good at describing things that are very hard to describe yeah. emotions and moments and relations between people there's so many layers to how everybody is explained to each other inside of the third person narrative uh how everybody understands each other and themselves it's really interesting to see the yeah. layers of that that, 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 that touches or gets to something i had forgotten to talk about and wanted to talk about which is how often characters are kind of presented with, with their own subjectivity of like their own you know they're the subjects mm-hmm. for a moment experiencing I, I i think about it in relation to uh, yeah, it comes up again and again. But I was, I was, I, I, I it kind of hit me when I, uh, when Rezia and Optimus are leaving the park, and there's that young girl they run into, the 19 year old, who's just coming to London from Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, and so you see, first you see Reza's experience of that, and then you see, um, you're given this kind of like three dimension, dimensional experience of that by seeing the, you know, the girls. You you just right. change perspectives to hers. Right. Um, and that, yeah, that makes the characters. There's something that also happens. I, I think about it in uh, um, Only Dying, uh, where the characters are given this kind of, I don't know, mock heroic sense of, of proportion by, you know, first uh, you, you see them and then you are constantly, you know, every third chapter or whatever is some other character experiencing them. Uh, in the same way, yeah, the, the characters are given kind of proportion and dimensionality mm-hmm. and sometimes stature maybe not like heroic stature necessarily um but depending on the on the situation are, are given a, a a kind of stature mm-hmm. um that you wouldn't just necessarily have again if it was just the guy stuck in his head going about the day and not going about the day 
in his room. Yeah. Like you were so stuck in the jail at the end of The Stranger, you know? Yeah, I'm Uh, really... Looking out the the window. I'm really Um, happy, and maybe this is a pedestrian point to make, but I'm really happy it wasn't first person just Miss Dalloway walking around. That wouldn't have been... You know, at all it remarkable. Would have been book. It would have been some other book. Right, right. Um, but that would have been the easier way to go if you're going to explore Miss Dalloway and everybody she knew growing up and everything. Uh, so. Um, yeah. Although, I, I, yeah, I feel like this is. Uh, as a, yeah, like I tried to <laughs> make a point that this is like the natural way for. Uh, well and going back to her being going back to her being going back to her not being religious i feel like this was a it's i haven't read her before and i wonder what her other books are like but it was sort of an ode to uh an ode to joy about living almost do you think Mm -hmm. do you think that was sort of I mean, do you think any of that was her motivation to sort of explain why she thought it was worth living? Um, maybe. There's something in her diaries where, like, even when she's, like, really sick, she'll talk about, like, seeing, like, she feels like she can see something, some kind of, not like a god or anything, but some kind of, like, Gnostic rule to the world, some kind of, some kind of framework. Um, she talks about it in big terms because how could you talk about it any, any, any other way? Um, but I feel like, like here, we kind of get that framework, right? We get that kind of, like, I, I use the term rhizomatic because I think that's, yeah, the kind of mushroomy connection between things, um, you know, not, not necessarily centered on, mm-hmm. on one, one thing, but that kind of, yeah, the, the, the intelligent network that has kind of like, uh, you know, little localized intelligences within it, you know? Um, I think that is, like, her frame. That's her framework. Um, as close as she's able to... Uh, I don't know if she could describe it. I don't know if I could describe it. But, yeah, this is kind of just, like, describing it by dramatizing it. Um, yeah, even, even, even though she was a lifelong agnostic, this is, she kind of has maybe not an answer of, you know... The, the religious type question, but an answer to like, uh, or, or not an answer, but like a sense of some kind of overarching kind of like uh, some, 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 some kind of reason that, that, that exists. Or just, like I said, I, I'll, I'll just leave it as like a framework behind things. Um, and yeah, that, 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 that ode to joy, and also I would, I would also say at the same time, ode to melancholia. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think that's, that, that's an inherent, like, part of that, 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 that well, kind of experience of that, uh, the, the fullness, the waxing fullness of life, like I said mm-hmm. in our notes. Um, you kind of were... It's going to sometimes be happy and sometimes going to be, uh, incredibly depressing. Well, you were kind of hinting at what I was trying to, uh to say by saying describing the indescribable because basically she's vague, you know, she has this... You you sense that she feels very strongly about uh, that she can sense something in uh, that she wants to really convey, and a lot of times yeah. to explain it, like I'll give the example when she's when Miss Cal- Miss Miss Dalloway is seeing the old lady across the the street. That's such a weird detail, 
that comes back so powerfully at the end. Yeah. And it's like she's there's something so strangely um you know important about that but it's not under, it's not you can't really explain it you know but she tries yeah, but, i think but, but, yeah so what i'm trying to say is that like the the uh those moments kind of like fold in on each other mm-hmm. the quotidian moments kind of fold in on each other to build up into like moments of being um and yeah that's what i mean by yes moments fold in on each other people fold in on each other that that's, that's what kind of like layers us up into um, moments of importance, um, moments where we, we just like, exist at a higher, higher frequency than other moments. Um, and yet people that are, are, are connected and yeah, they, they coexist at higher frequencies or lower frequencies. Um, yeah, that, 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 that's the, the, the joy to life and the, you know, what, what, what can be so, so terrifying in the case of like, oh, I has like you know a kind of a feeling of schizophrenia. Um, like he's like sitting in traffic and it feels like everyone's yelling at him or everyone's coming to him. It's like his fault. Um, he's at the center of or feels himself at the center of a web or when he feels and imagines himself the eternal scapegoat for everyone else's sins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, again, the ode to maybe not even melancholia at that point, but the ode to. Uh, yeah, the, the the darker parts of that kind of sense of interconnectivity, the kind of sense of, of implication as opposed to just integration with the world, um, which is a uh, or a part of their life, condition of schizophrenia. Well, and I liked how he I liked how he was trying to figure it out too, and he wasn't just yeah. resigned to darkness or just. Uh, you know, instantaneously killing himself or something from despair. It was definitely a very intriguing journey with him and not just, I don't, I feel like that would be very hard to write. Of course she had the experience herself of having, you know, visions. Yeah, I think the first time I read it, uh, I was surprised that he killed himself not knowing anything else. I was like, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) I thought that was like the rest of the book is like almost saying a lot of things and it's just like remembrance of things past and uh a kind of uh harsh dichotomy between a dinner party well <laughs> the guy throwing himself out a window which is something Virginia will kind of do one and don't you think uh i'm trying to remember the name of that other doctor oh holmes do you holmes yeah. and william dr william bradshaw what do you think they represented it for her because she's so strongly in every character even clarissa was was explaining how sinister at least william bradshaw was and of course holmes instigates the death by being uh you know very arrogant about insisting on seeing him so right. um I yeah, I mean that 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 feels lived in. That feels um I mean that psychiatry in nineteen twenty three was pretty uh I was I was really scared. William Bradshaw's gray house yeah. and everything, and you know his his causing his wife to be submissive through you know kind of like yeah. the power of his charisma. It was creepy. It was very creepy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know that necessarily psychologists are perfect now. Or, you know, <laughs> well, I'm not saying that. I don't. I mean, I don't. I'm not speaking uh, to that. They really did suck at the beginning. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess. But it's like it's interesting the the I can't I, I have no idea how like millions of people work. I mean I guess the 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 reach of psychiatry wasn't very deep at that point. Um Well I wonder if yeah, that you'll you read about techniques from back in the day and it's like oof. I wonder if that relates to kind of electroshock therapy was mm-hmm. not surprising. <laughs> I think people did that. Right. Well, I, 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 there's that passage about conversion being sort of so you know, suffocating and, and Miss Kilman uh, sort of from Clarissa's point of view and, and I, you know, I might presume Virginia Woolf's point of view, I'm not sure, but sort of having this dual aspect of wanting, you know, goodness on the outside and then on the inside, at least I would say... From how I read it, maybe Virginia Woolf suspects other motives by these people, the the types who are doing good, you know, and imposing yeah, like and imposing. Sense of, uh, superiority that she has, or I mean, certainly Clarissa experiences a sense of inferiority in her presence. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but 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 something more sinister than that. Anyway, I don't know. It was an aspect yeah, that. Well, I, I, uh, wasn't it Thomas Aquinas who said one of the best things about heaven is that there's going to be a window so you can see people getting tormented in hell? Oh, yeah? <laughs> I, think that's, uh, I think that's a big... Uh, yeah, Nietzsche was... Uh, I, I, I'm not sure it's Aquinas, but yeah, Nietzsche was like big into that. <laughs> it was like, you can see where some of the uh, religious fervor comes. Yeah. It's 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 tough. Um but I was going to say maybe also related to the feminism or, you know, sort of undertones of the feminism of being told what to do and so forth. And, you know, how things should be by yeah, uh, definitely. by people like William Bradshaw. Um, yes. that, that was a really interesting flavor to add. I like that a lot, especially because he came to the party and was talking to Richard. Um, yeah. And was related to the suicide, of course. So, again, everything flowed together. I'm excited to read The Waves eventually. Because that's an interesting yeah. uh, development. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if you if you like it. Or oh, I mean, I like it, but far. it's a great idea. I mean, it's it's kind of like this book taken to the next level, I guess, right? Yeah, taken. Um, yeah, I think it's like six years after this, um, taken to an extreme level where it's like a prose poem, or I forget exactly the term she used. I think prose poem might be the term um, beyond the novel. Basically, this is still a novel. I mean, this is still novelish. Yeah, no, and again, I, don't I, know how I would define the novels. I don't know. I don't know what that means anything. It's um, a weird novel. Still feels like other novels. Where yeah, I agree. Yeah, we'll get further. Uh, it's a weird mix of, to me, very clear writing and sort of still a metaphor, sort of riding the waves of these sinuous mm. moments that glide together uh but it definitely doesn't feel sort of avant-garde or anything necessarily i mean some parts are more like of I said, a i don't think i don't think there's a showiness to it. yeah, that, yeah that's a good way of saying it was still writing, you know um it was ahead of the car mm-hmm. um right right yeah, i um some plenty of avant-garde work is so far ahead of the guard that the rest of the army never follows 